Hi, I'm Chris Lamont, New South Wales Small Business Commissioner. Welcome to Talking Business. COVID-19 has posed extraordinary challenges for our community and particularly our small businesses. While we have heard many stories of the challenges, I was keen to share the story of someone who I think is an inspirational example of what can be achieved through talent, determination and passion. It was March 2020, the first outbreak of COVID in Australia, and Susan Galvin had just been made redundant while on maternity leave. Some people in her circumstances might have thought it was a good time to be cautious and take a break. Instead, Susan launched a fundraising drive and started her own company, making bespoke watches. Welcome to Talking Business, Susan. Thank you. Susan, I really want to know a bit more about how you started uh, the Galvin Watch Company and why you may have started it at such a challenging and potentially risky time. Yeah, so initially um, I was made redundant um, and my son was four months old at that time. And um, I was supposed to go back to work on November 2020. Obviously, I didn't have a job to go to. So I decided, I've always been, um, my dream was to design watches. So I thought that this is the perfect opportunity of doing so, um, since there was a bit of a gap. <laughs> so I just thought, I'm going to try. I uh, received the redundancy pay uh, from the work. So I used that pay ordering samples. Well, start the designing process first and then start ordering the samples. Um, so it was a bit of a situation of now or never. And I decided that... Um, yeah, I want to give it a try. And was this something that you knew about um, before uh, looking into this this form of uh, startup or something that you knew someone who had done it before? Yeah, actually, uh, one of my husband's old schoolmates from, from the UK, he's from the UK originally, so he did it a couple of years back. And I remember my husband was talking about it and packed the project. And we were looking at, we were both very interested of the whole concept, um, basically that you're pre-selling the product. Um, so, um, yeah, so after kind of the initial shock, after the... <laughs> redundancy um, we started to think about how could I how could I go ahead with this idea of starting my own business and my husband came across that hey why don't you try this same thing Kickstarter that his uh, schoolmate tried so yeah and we started to look into it and it looked very very appealing for us both. So for people who've never even heard of you know crowdsource funding or online funding support can you give them a sense of, of what it what it meant for you? Um, you know, how much did you raise? How long did it take? Did you need to have a PhD in finance to to get it established? Um, what, what was your experience? Oh, absolutely no PhD in finance for me. Um, um, I'm a watchmaker by a trade, so I do not have any experience on that uh, sector. Uh, so basically, it is a ground funding. So you pre-sell, you have an idea of product in my case and I'm pre-selling the product for the backer so people who are packing my project in Kickstarter are called packers but also what they're getting out of it so obviously helping me to start my business and you know they like the idea they like my story and they want to be part of the building the business um, and also they're getting a good deal so in the Kickstarter the idea is that I'm introducing the product but I'm also offering the product in very attractive prices so there's different kind of perks that we have and how it works is that 
what how we've been working with that uh, that we have a certain amount with a certain uh, price so obviously it starts from low and goes higher but it never reaches the same level that it's actually in my e-commerce store so or the retail space so the idea is that the backer is also receiving a very attractive price against his his or her support so um, that's how it works and obviously that kind of concept creates a lot of um, um, it's almost like a FOMO (laughs) so uh, yeah so people are really I think it's good marketing tool as well you know um, that you have this product and it's only available a certain time and so I uh, ended up um, selling so I have a funding goal I needed to get and I ended up reaching my funding goal which was $15,000 in six minutes and all together, wow. yeah, it was really good. Um, and all together, I raised one hundred twenty-three thousand um, dollars. I used two different kind of crowdfunding platforms. I first started with the Kickstarter, and I continued the project in a Indiegogo. So all together, in two months, I raised one hundred twenty-three thousand um, dollars. So that must have been uh, a great way into a business, and certainly a new way into a business. I think a lot of small businesses think they have to go to their local bank uh, and, and beg for money. But, but this, is a, this is a new way of, uh, of starting a business. But what other challenges did you, did you face in, in getting your business up and, up and running? Um, well, um, time management was definitely a, a bit of an issue because obviously our, when we started the launch the campaign, our son was on that time nine months old. So everybody who has children might know that it can be quite hard work sometimes. So um, he was going to a daycare two days a week and, um, uh, and then he was at home with us. So obviously I have to kind of find a way to run a business, but also look after my son. We did um, have a Finnish nanny to help us now and again. So that was good. And he was, uh, she was speaking Finnish language to him as well, which I really liked. Um, uh, but also my husband, he was, um, he was taking a role as well, helping with the certain things of running a business because, as I said, I, I'm a watchmaker by a trade, so I never really had to use uh, certain uh, skills such as bookkeeping before. So it was something that you need to learn absolutely completely from the start. So uh, it was difficult, but I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty pleased at what I've um, achieved in this in this period of time. And in terms of plans for the future, so I assume you had an initial business plan. Um, is that business plan one that, that you're still using or have you have you modified it over the time that you've been running this business to, to keep up with demand and to, to enter into new markets or bring on new product? Yeah, the business plan was when I started first and I was thinking about I want to just concentrate on direct-to-consumer, so e-commerce space. But now when I've been running the business for a couple of years in this kind of uh, way with the e-commerce store, I realized that I do want to have a look and try how it would work in a uh, retail space as well. So we were actually last year, we were supposed to go to this um, retail, um, um, what's it called now, um, like an exhibition. So you would have the retailers coming over there and you Introduce like a product. trade show, is it a trade, trade show? show? Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly that. What I meant, um, but that was unfortunately cancelled due to the COVID uh, break. Uh, so 
uh, we are now doing it this year. So that's something that um, wasn't necessarily there to start with, but um, I do want to, I do want to, um, you know, see that uh, space as well. Um, yeah, and um, uh, when it comes to the Kickstarter, the crowdfunding, it's quite common with the microbrand community, microbrand watches to try um, not just necessarily once, but twice, or sometimes even three times um, to go with the crown uh, funding to um, fund the uh, stock order. And, and your interactions with your with your customer base, so you're predominantly on online. Um, how, how, do you, how do you get feedback from them as to how they found your product, how they find out more about, you know, other services or new product that you might be looking at or looking to bring online? Well, reviews is definitely something that it's been bringing a lot of interest and uh, press releases. So uh, the print press as well is working really, really well for us, um, has been working. So um, with the previous campaign, we did the press release and it reached um, a lot of uh, new customers. um, And so that's what we are looking into doing this time as well. So, uh, and when it comes to this, there's actually communities like microbrand communities. I wasn't actually aware of them when I was working as a watchmaker because I always be working with the big Swiss companies. So I wasn't aware about this massive microbrand communities when it comes to microbrand watches. Um, well, uh, so yeah, I've um, I found them and and very it's 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 fantastic space for a small business such as mine is because I can actually talk with the customers directly and introducing my product to them, getting the feedback and taking that on board with my designing process. So I want to go back a little bit now and, 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 and talk about your early career. You mentioned you've, you've worked for the, the big companies, the big Swiss, Swiss watchmakers, well, actually probably Swiss as well, but, uh, but certainly they're Swiss. Um, your initial interest in getting into watchmaking, most of us probably never even considered such a career. Yeah, well, actually, I started with my dad saw an article in a Finnish newspaper. So you might hear from my accent that I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, uh, I'm from Finland. Um, so um, my dad saw an article and he um, he asked me if I would be interested about such a career because I love traveling and I love doing things with my hands and I've always been quite like handy person. So um, he suggested um, if I should be looking into that. I was in a point in life that I was looking for a career basically, uh, 23 years old. So then I went to the watchmaking school, graduated three years later and uh, was offered a job from um, from Manchester, from the UK and stayed there for three years. And from there to came to Australia as an internal transfer and, yeah, been here in Australia, and I love it. So let's let's assume that some of our audience um, know nothing about watches and 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 don't have any real interest. What, what's the appeal of a bespoke watch or a micro brand watch? Micro brand watch is um, seen as a uh, if you produce three hundred three thousand pieces yearly, so um, in a small scale. Um, yeah, so that's uh, Garmin Watch Company goes into micro brand watch. Um, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's basically what it um, micro brand is, and also what it, why it actually appeals to uh, many customers is because it's more unique. So you go to the shop and you buy yourself a watch from uh, 
big watch companies, you would know that there will be thousands of people who will be wearing the same timepiece. However, when you go um, and purchase a watch from the small business, from the microbrand watch owner, first of all, you get more uni- unique um, timepiece. And also, um, I do talk a lot with my customers. So you get that kind of one-to-one um, uh, relationship with your customer. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's more unique. So Susan, how does a Galvin watch come to life? Yeah, so I do the designing myself and um, obviously using the expertise that I've gained whilst I've been working as a watchmaker over a decade. Um, yeah, so I do the design and also I, um, I have overseas manufacturers and um, what I do myself then when I actually receive the watches that I um, do the testing and the quality control and if it's needed, I'll do the regulation for the watches as well. So the you know, I buy a Galvin watch, which I well, have. Yeah, uh, I'm good. wearing it. The, the chances of me seeing another Galvin watch at this stage, at least, on another person's wrist is is pretty slim. That's right. Yeah. And and what's next for for Galvin watches? What, what's have you got a new product coming out? What's what's the what's the next step? Yeah. So I have a new product, a new collection called Loimo Collection, and Loimo. Um, is inspired by the Northern Lights. So I lived my childhood in north of Finland and I've always loved the Northern Lights. So um, I think during this pandemic, I didn't have necessarily, we were, we didn't have an opportunity of going back home. So um, I don't know, it kind of made me mesmerized and I wanted to bring some elements of Finnish nature to my design. So um, Northern Light it was. So Northern Light, Loimo actually means blaze in English. And I will be launching my collection on 5th of March, 10 p.m. Uh, Sydney time in the Kickstarter. And yeah, as you said, you can get yourself a pretty good deal from there. And, and finally, Susan, I guess a lot of people that I talk to about starting a small business, um, there's, a, there's a degree of apprehension, there's a degree of nervousness. Based mm. on your experience, what would your advice be to them? Um, well, I, when I started, I kind of felt like I didn't have anything to lose. So I always thought I really want to um, start designing my own watches. I want to bring my creativity creativity, and, you know, marry up that with my skills. So it was something that, yeah, I didn't lose anything. And I think you just need to be brave and give it a try. And I think Australia is a fantastic space to do that because we have a great supporting system as well. So um, I initially started by ordering samples and paid the samples with my redundancy pay. So, you know, that was how I started with. Well, Susan, I really want to congratulate you. I read your story initially. I think it might have been in the, in the Australian Financial Review. Yeah. And I thought, you know, wow, what a what an inspiration. But But thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to speak with you. I'm Chris Lamont. Thanks for listening. We'll return soon with another episode of Talking Business.